You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? I mean, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who? A fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now, please, get off this planet. Well, you still have a choice. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Earth Station Who. That's right, folks. One more episode left. We are down to the penopolate episode of Doctor Who Series 12. And we have Ascension of the Cybermen. This one didn't know what to expect. And I'm going to be very interested to hear what everyone thinks about this one. Um should we have waited to do this as a two-parter? Maybe. <laughs> have we? Should we have waited to, you know, talk about it till next week? Maybe. But we'll talk about this one tonight. It should be a lot of fun. And we got a great crew to talk about it. Joining us this week is the mayor of Chickentown herself. Let's welcome Felicity. Hello, everyone. Hey, Felicity. Welcome back to Earth Station Who. Thanks. It's great to be here. And, you know, I know there's no chickens here on this side of the station. <laughs> so I know it might be a little odd for you. I'll, I'll get used to it. I know. But you're a huge Doctor Who fan and you actually just came back from Gallifrey. So, I did. And so we'll talk all about the trip to California in a few minutes. Let me introduce the co-host for this week, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. Welcome, sir. I am glad to be here. Really? That's good. That's a that's first good sign. No, it's no, a first good always, sign. I'm always glad to be here with you guys. Well, yes, that's true. It is true. You've never said you hated being here with us. Absolutely you said you not. hated other things, but you've never. <laughs> and, and hate is a strong word. Um, so we're, we're not going to go. We're not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to hate on anything. Um, I'm using a lowercase h word, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a hater. You're not a hater. <laughs> But uh, yeah, should be interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know if we should have waited. Um, if that would have made any difference whatsoever. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, we. I, I suppose we can't avoid it, right? Nope, we cannot. And speaking of not avoiding it, well, here's Mary. Hi, everybody. It's fantastic to be here. It is great to have you once again, my dear. It's always great to be here. I'm looking forward to talking about this one. Awesome. And so. With Doctor Who winding up, it's, you know, definitely building towards something. And, you know, did they capture it this week? We're going to keep you guys at home on hold because we've got a few other things we're going to talk about first. You know, that's just kind of rude of me, but oh, well. <laughs> you know, that's just that's just the way we are here on the station. So, But we definitely would love to hear from you guys. So please write us at earthstationwho at esonetwork.com definitely would love to hear all about you know what your thoughts on this episode were and you know did it build to you know get you really chomping for next week or you got going let's put this out of our misery now so (laughs) i've heard both on facebook trust me folks i've heard both so it'll be very interesting to talk about all right um let's get started um jump in with both feet uh felicity Gallifrey. Is this 31 that they had? This, yes, this was uh, the 31 flavors of Gallifrey 1. <laughs> and Excellent. I, of course, am a longtime attendee. Um, broke my streak last year. I had to skip what would have been my 19th Gallifrey. And so uh, starting, starting on a new uh, 
I knew number one with this one. They had to go to um, the back of the line, all the lines you had to... You, you had to go to the back of the line, yeah, you know, <laughs> treat me like a newbie. You know, lose all your reward now. points. <laughs> <laughs> Still a veteran uh, Gallifrey attendee. It was just, you know, it was a little bit weird going back after having missed a year, but I pretty much got into the swing of things. Um, so did they limit like, the amount of ribbons you could have in or anything like that? <gasps> no, no, unlimited ribbons for everyone. Okay. <laughs> unlimited rice pudding. Um just like the uh, iconic Marriott uh, Marquis Atlanta carpet, the uh, semi-famous uh, Marriott carpet from the LAX Marriott that many people loved uh, was removed <laughs> and replaced this year. Um, I have to say it wasn't, it was a kind of a generic pattern, but it wasn't as ugly as uh, the brown striped monstrosity we now deal with at dragon con every year brown was, streak of hell yeah. yes it's inoffensive but just nothing nothing special and they were of course selling and raffling off uh squares of the old carpet i felt like you know we have the atlanta marriott carpet a square of that in the house so i don't i didn't feel the need to add to it but i did get a pin from someone who was handing out the kind of these little memorial square pins r.i.p marriott carpet Oh, that's very sweet. That's mm-hmm. very sweet. So, um, yeah. um, we had um, Mark Heffernan on our show yesterday on Earth Station One, and he was there also. Um, and so he told us a little bit, but we want to hear all from your point of view. What was your highlights and such? I So this was the first time that they've had a new series doctor at Gallifrey, and it was Christopher Eccleston. So they really, you know, went big this year. And I think that that changed a lot about the dynamic of kind of the flow of the convention, not necessarily for the worse, but I feel like I spent a lot less time actually on the convention floor when I wasn't in the main hall seeing uh, the main stage guests, just because they had a lot of people, a lot more people than usual lining up for autographs. Um, That's not something I regularly do. So, but I know that people waited a lot longer than they usually would. and, And I think that I don't blame the convention for that. I think, you know, the, the promoter kind of had Christopher on a pretty punishing schedule and he's only human. So he did stick around after the closing ceremonies to make sure that he signed an autograph for everyone who wanted it. And you know, he was a class act all the way around. I think that they have some ideas for how to, how to improve the, the uh, get the autograph procedure for next year. And we'll see uh, what gets implemented then. I, I didn't hear of anyone, you know, going away unhappy not having gotten their autograph it just you know it was a long a long wait for some people and I just kind of avoided that area in general um I, which means I kind of spent less time on the regular you know convention discussion panels other than the ones that I was on and maybe a couple others uh, I spent most, a lot of my time in the lobby catching up with my friends who I missed last year and just the convention seemed to go by too fast it always does but especially this year when um just yeah it just it felt like uh <laughs> everything was pretty much centered around Christopher Eccleston and not that that's a bad thing um I have to say I he, they uh when they have a main stage guest from the new series <laughs> they typically will do two interviews and they ask that you only attend one of them to give everyone a <laughs> so I attended the first interview on Saturday evening uh that was done by Stephen Shapansky from Radio Quiscaro. Uh, I know he's a good interviewer. I know him personally, so I uh, chose that one, and I'm, I'm very happy that I did, although I know that the the Sunday morning interview went really well, and people were really happy with that as well. But I just think it was, you know, to, <laughs> not to use the cliche, but it was it was fantastic. And I it was, he was honest, but also funny and, you know, grateful he expressed gratitude for everyone appearing there he hadn't been to like a dedicated doctor who convention before he has started to do conventions but more like comic cons where he'll have like you know mainly signing autographs and taking photographs so to have him for a full hour on stage interview you know there was no audience q a it was just all him and steven and uh it was really a pleasure that's awesome. I'm glad, you know, he, it took him a while to get to this point because I know mm-hmm. for a long time he didn't want to have anything to do with Doctor Who. Yeah, and he touched on some of that, but nothing really that we hadn't heard before. And I, I heard some people, you know, worried that he would be too negative. I definitely don't think 
that he was. I think he was honest, but also has come to appreciate kind of what he means to the fans, especially. And, you know, he had a standing ovation as he comes out of the TARDIS on stage and a standing ovation when he left. Um, and just, uh, it was, it was really a pleasure to see. Uh, obviously it's not, it wasn't recorded, but on Radio Free Scarrow episode 730 from last week, um, they review the haunting of Villa Diodati. And then in the second half, they do a bit of a galley recap and Stephen talks about kind of what it was like to interview <laughs> Stephen Eccleston. Sorry, to interview Christopher Eccleston. So that people might enjoy listening to that if they weren't able to be there for the interview. Awesome. I'll have to give that one a listen. Is Definitely. Chris doing, um, sorry, Mike, is Chris doing um, Big Finish now or is he com- is he still not doing that? He's, he's not, that's come up. Uh, he actually said, you know, rather than saying, he wasn't interested in, you know, doing more Doctor Who. He said, yeah, actually, you know, voice acting isn't something that he's really interested in. Um, you know, he really prefers, you know, stage acting or, or, you know, TV and movie acting. Just voice acting isn't really, I guess, a, an area that he feels like um, he would be good at or is just interested in pursuing. So you never know. But I think for now, it's a no. Gotcha. <laughs> that means- he does continue to say that he will come back and play the Doctor for the hundredth anniversary of the show, <laughs> but maybe I'll live that long to see it. I hope we do, but you know, I think that would be pretty amazing, you know, to have him like you know wheel onto the you know from the <laughs> Look, TARDIS with this shooting schedule. Like it's going to be two hundred years before we get to the <laughs> <laughs> that is that is quite possible. I think you know he he had praise for the current series, um, and you know, really, even though I think his relationship with rtd broke down to some degree he praised him for you know bringing in a strong female character in rose and said that he really felt like that paved the way you know at the at the very beginning to eventually bring in a female doctor that's awesome yeah i've i've heard that he is an amazing interview now and he's been so gracious to the fans and i love hearing it from you that you know everyone's been correct Mm -hmm. with that what other highlights did you have well, I was also interested in seeing um, the new series companions that they brought. Um, I didn't see Michelle Ryan, who I guess is technically a companion, even though she was just in one of the specials. Um, I had a conflict then, but I did see um, Tosin Cole and Pearl Mackey, who had supposed to be coming for three years in a row now, and finally her, her shooting schedule allowed her to come to Gallifrey. And, um, you know, Tosin Cole is, he's kind of an ordinary bloke or comes across that way, but I thought you know, the interview with him uh, went very well, and he was he was rather charming. And then, and Pearl Mackey was just delightful, mm-hmm. as I expected she would be. I heard Tolson was very soft spoken, though. He was. He, I think he's you know probably not used to doing a lot of publicity. He kind of went into his his history with with acting, and he doesn't have you know he's he's still young. He doesn't have a ton of experience behind the camera, so it's all a little. You get the feeling it's all a little bit new to him but he was very funny and talked you know talked a lot about uh how he, he definitely did not explore the uh the nightclub scene in south africa when they were filming there no definitely not whatever whatever you heard about that that was not true <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome yeah it's like i've judy and i actually started talking this year that maybe in the next year or two maybe think about going back to gallifrey and uh, you know experience because we went the one year the one year that we met mary Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. that was just amazing. I would always recommend it. I think that they they really put a lot of effort into putting on the best show that they can. Well, especially here in the South, we don't really have, you know, a true Doctor Who con in the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. You have to go like to Huntsville, Alabama, for Con K, or down to Florida, and you know, <laughs> so you know, Dragon Con's Dragon Con, of course, but right. but it's not a true Doctor Who con. So that's, you know, our thoughts. But yeah, yeah. I will always recommend Gallifrey to anyone. And like I said, you know, any any minor hiccups that come along, like, you know, the long lines this year, they're they learn from their from things that might didn't might not have gone as well as they'd hoped, and then they make improvements for the next year. It's not a complacent convention. They're they very much appreciate that mm-hmm. it's you know, a lot of people are there, a lot of people, you know, as Sean said, you know, this is really the first time they've had a guest that literally everyone wanted to see. <laughs> oh, sure. And it's, but it's interesting because, you know, I've always heard with Gallifrey, half the audience is Doctor Who podcasters. So 
that is, you know what, they didn't have a dedicated Doctor Who podcast panel this year, but so uh, a couple of guys I, that I got to meet in person this year, whose podcast I listened to, they actually staged their own podcasters meetup. And I, I was thinking of going to that, but actually wound up going to brunch with a friend. But I, I think that that was very successful. And, and uh, there definitely are a lot of, of Doctor Who podcasts out there and a lot of people, um, you know, doing little recordings here and there at Galfrey. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, so, I think that the, you know, the the podcasters inspire each other. You know, people start podcasts because they they meet other podcasters there and, and come up with a kind of an angle on Doctor Who that, that they're not, they don't see currently being explored. So it is always cool to see people inspire each other in that way. And that's the best way it could be, you know, mm-hmm. and it's the best sign of flattery is when you inspire other people to do what you're doing and everything absolutely which is pretty darn awesome so cool so you would rate it this year's con a success absolutely a success uh can't wait to go back next year oh and, and i should mention uh registrations are going on sale much earlier than usual it's actually this saturday february 29th wow at noon uh pacific standard time so 3 p.m eastern standard time but last year they didn't sell out right away and it took about six months for them to really get close to selling out and of course they're not announcing any guests till you know much later in the year so i I don't think that anyone who really wants to go will have a problem but just something that you want to keep an eye on um you know if certainly if you can make that commitment this this soon uh wouldn't hurt to do that but uh if you're interested in going just keep an eye on you know the website gallifrey1.com and their Facebook presence, and, and they, they will certainly post notices on social media if they're getting anywhere close to selling out. That sounds awesome. Well, I'm glad it worked out for you, and I'm glad you had such a wonderful time, and now this, you can put this as con number one for you. <laughs> con number, Gallifrey number one. Exactly. Plus, plus 18. <laughs> that is awesome. All right, let's take a quick break, and we will then jump into Ascension of the Cyberman. Hey, Adam Thomas. Yes, Thomas Mariani. You know how there are podcasts about bad movies? Yeah. And also podcasts about good movies? Yeah. Well, what if a podcast could cover both? What? Listen to Double Edge Double Bill, where a random selected yin and yang of a double feature is picked and then picked apart. Now, who came up with this wacky idea? Adam, we did. That's our show. I'm learning something new every day. Listen to us on the ESO Network and wherever podcasts are available. Hey there, welcome back. Now it's time for Ascension of the Cybermen. And this one, this one just was nonstop. It literally, from the very first cold opening with the child um, being found, and it's like, Judy, as soon as she saw that, she was like, it's the timeless child. It's got to be. It's got to be the timeless child. And it's like, oh, just watch. Watch this watch. See what happens. (laughs) And there's more questions with that almost than that you, that you could even ask. So, you know, this one was interesting. Um, it had new Cybermen, um, battle Cybermen, as they called them in the episode. Um, it was kind of a continuation since the last episode where we had that, you know, zealot Cyberman, um, <laughs> like, you know, the half damaged one or whatever he was. And, then you had, you know, the companions and Doctor. And five humans left in the universe, or in that part of the universe, at least. So it was an interesting story. And <laughs> what did you guys think? Let's just go straight out, you know, did, and just jump in. Let's, I'm not going to go, Mike, what did you think? Felicity, what did you think? Let's just, right. let's just jump in. This is the first... Uh current episode that i've been able to interview with you guys i've been able to discuss with you guys on the podcast i've only done you know classic series episodes one very good and one very bad (laughs) and the good the good one uh, coincidentally was Earthshock. so here's another cyberman story i liked it overall but at the very end i i literally you know 
message to my friends, what the F did I just watch? Um, yeah, a lot maybe of because of the that. aforementioned uh, child whose story doesn't seem to be connected to the main plot just yet. And actually, it's funny enough, my first reaction to seeing this baby was not, it's the timeless child. I I didn't really get that impression until the end. And I'm like, oh, okay, I think this is connected to Gallifrey somehow and not to the Cybermen. But you never know, it could be either one. I just feel like he Chibnall really loaded too much into the story to hope for a satisfying conclusion to most of it. And he hasn't, he didn't even bring back Ruth yet, assuming that we get some sort of answer as to where she fits into the doctor's timeline. Um, I and hope of course the master has to be there too, because every time you, every time we have a, a, my other friends pointed out every time we have a, every, every, other year we have a two-part cyberman finale with the master that's just the way that the uh the series seems to be headed now <laughs> damn you're right oh. yeah i noticed that too that, that we seem to be having a lot of yeah, this cyberman is the third finales one. This, or actually fourth technically because you had the david Tennant one that's right but no master yeah true but then you had missy and then you had missy and the master and now this one mm-hmm so, yeah, I I mean, I was impressed by it. The only thing that gives me pause, and this is kind of a, a continuing complaint I have with the Cybermen in the new series, I don't like the real emphasis on body horror. So when they had, you know, the Asher, the the half-Cybermen, you know, torturing the, you know, making these the other Cybermen scream, I'm just like, really, did we need that? I felt like that was overkill. <laughs> you know, we know that horrible things are done to these people in the process of, you know, making them Cybermen. And I don't think that, I just find it a little too much sometimes. And I was a little disappointed that Chibnall leaned into that again. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. And it was just like, it didn't make any, yeah. that didn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. It was just like, what? You know, it's like, you know, rise my Cybermen, go. And then all of a sudden he started like drilling into it. It's like, what? It's just, it just didn't make, that didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at it as like, is he like somehow upgrading all of them or something? But mm-hmm. no, it never went anywhere. Right, they no. didn't look any different when he was finished. Um, no. And if, when he, if no. he's just awakening them, why should it? Yeah. Why and, should it make and, them scream? And why are they any, how are they any different? Uh, like, they, yeah, we just, we just don't know. Um, yeah. They just, do they have different capabilities? Do they, you know, and is he, I mean, uh, yeah, there's still, again, it's the first part of a two-parter. Um, so I didn't expect to, anything to be answered here. Mm-hmm. It's all just a bunch of uh, questions, more questions, more questions. Um, but Chibnall does once again show that, you know, he just doesn't really care about like logic or anything <laughs> like that. Like, like you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the episode that we, you know, after uh, the, after the doctor makes the decision, to uh in the last episode to give the cyberman what he what he wants uh then she declares okay well you know now i've we've had to do i had to do what i had to do i made the decision now i need to go in the future and fix it right mm-hmm. so she chooses the last part of the war to, to go and fix the mistake i'm like that makes no sense to me whatsoever like like humanity is pretty much gone and devastated at this point. And then she shows him like, Hey, I'm here to fix my mistake. It's like, um, that's just off. Like, like right, too little, right away. Too late. Yeah. I think right away. See, I'm like red yeah. flag. Like what? Yeah. Like, I don't understand that at all. Like they that just see, made no sense. Why I can see it was that she was following the coordinates that Shelley gave them that he got from, from the Siberium when it was, part of him but I, I mean that was obviously kind of tacked on to the last episode and i agree it was not not the it didn't make sense as a place to kind of uh try to, insert make sense yourself to show up, fix what yeah. you fix yeah. what you broke yeah. yeah you would think you would want to stop the war <laughs> yeah, <exactly. ideally. laughs> you know i, I but, yeah. but but yeah but i still i mean i actually like this episode or at least I, I, I'm willing to hold on to, you know, harsh judgment until I see the second 
two-parter. It's it's always hard to judge the first part of a two-parter. But and it was very action-oriented, and there were a lot of secondary characters we didn't care at all about. But the you know it kept it kept it got me hooked. It kept me going, and and I, you know, and, and also, the, and every time we flash back to Brendan, I was like, "What exactly. the heck is going on? <laughs> I have no idea what this what guy, who this guy anything? is." Yeah. Well, exactly. And then <laughs> when they he was up on the cliff and facing off against the criminal, and he, you know, got shot, and then he just woke up. It was just like, what? Yeah, I mean, he's obviously some kind of immortal who who they, for some reason, I, I guess they erase his memory at the end of his life and make him start over again or something. That was unclear. I got the impression. I mean, we honestly, you know, it me. seems to be it Ireland, but we don't me. honestly know if it is or if it's even Earth. Yeah, I don't know if that was like, like a little... Like- like a little call back to where the name Gallifrey like was supposed Dover, to come right? from, just like yeah. an inside joke, or if it and the guard, real. yeah, the guard is is the the Irish police force, and and his dad and the other cop don't age, or no. that's, that. So uh, yeah, there's a lot going on there, and well, I'm sorry, but it's beginning like the first, like I don't know, the first whole part of it is just such a uh, rip off of the the Superman origin. That mm, it's just yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that was like, you know, and... a couple finds a baby and takes it in and it's got special powers, you know, that kind of thing. It just, uh, you know, uh, I'm like, are they saying that, you know, Gallifrey is the same as Krypton? Like, I'm just like, where is this going? Because um, obviously it's leading that way. I mean, if we didn't know, certainly throughout most of the episode, finally when they get to Kosharmus and he opens the portal, and there's Gallifrey. It's like, okay, well, and then, you know, and that's, it's pretty obvious. Okay, this is where we're going. This is how it all ties in. Yeah, I have to um, say, I was I was not expecting that. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that too. And the implications, I mean, it's hard to, like, I don't want to, I really don't want to speculate as to what this everything means yet, because, you know, we this is only the first part. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we know anything yet. <laughs> the implications, though, are, 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 not well i don't know the implications are just not to my liking um so i'm just sort of like restrained like you know also i mean i when dr ruth was was introduced i it kind of put me in mind of i I, you guys might have brought this up but at least one podcast i listened to brought it up but it it took me back to the cartonal master plan um from the seventh doctor era and kind of like implying that they were that Hartnell onward is kind of a second life for the doctor and that he had a life before that as one of the mysterious founders of Gallifrey and also the you know of course the brain of Morbius and the the faces that they you know at the time they meant to be previous doctors before they they decided on the uh 13 regeneration 13 incarnation limit but of course they were you know the producers and script editors and behind the scenes crew of, of Doctor Who at the time the only thing just, with, with, you know, the whole thing, I could understand the whole thing with Ruth being before Hartnell. I'm mm-hmm. cool with that. The only thing I have a problem with that is the TARDIS being the police box. You that know? is weird. And and more people... See, yeah, that, people that doesn't really make sense. I mean, I've heard other suggestions that she's between Troughton and Pertwee. Yeah, that, we talked, we talked about area. that a little bit last yeah. week. That maybe the 6B... Doctor. Yeah, I, I've always hated 6B personally because it was just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I won't get into that. <laughs> yeah, it, I feel like a I don't. I mean, <laughs> so the War Doctor was born out of necessity because Christopher Eccleston didn't want to do the 50th anniversary special. And to be honest, if we get as good an actor as John Hurt brought into the world of Doctor Who, um, I have no complaints with that. And I think it really did add to the mythology. I don't like change just for the sake of change and, and i felt that way about the cardinal master plan too just kind of oh let's introduce some more mystery i also don't really like the fact that jody might not be the first female doctor it seems to rob her a little bit of of something good call there yeah yeah, yeah. i agree with that yeah um uh, i mean i actually one one of the things i liked about this episode though was seeing jody's doctor mm-hmm. at war 
I actually thought that was interesting, seeing how she would react to that and how and how she reacts. I also like, and it's being carried over from the episode before, of what, what she does when things don't go her way, because she's actually yeah. losing a lot in the last two episodes. You know, everything she tries is failing. And so, and I find that to be an interesting dynamic. And I also, I think Chibnall does better when he oh, does exactly. Dark. And I love, she was dark most of this episode. Mm-hmm. She And I I liked that. I also liked how they split the companions away from each other. And I thought that was a good sign too. Well, yeah, I, liked, sure. I actually so, liked the way that worked. I just, whenever they introduce a whole bunch of, you know, other characters, obviously, you know, writers like to write their own characters, but this is the showrunner. I don't think, I mean, obviously we, and obviously we need, you know, for protecting the last humans, we need to see those last humans. I just feel like some of it takes away from what the companions can do in the story. And we have three of them already. So it doesn't That's always. been the big problem uh, since, you know, they started with uh, this run because almost every single time they introduce a new uh, someone new as a character you're like oh they're awesome they would make a much better companion than any of the three that we have um because they haven't done their due diligence with the three that we have i mean then this one yeah they split them up um ryan once again is not even a factor like i don't is he in this uh because you have to really look hard to find him and because he certainly doesn't do anything no he does not Um, I'm not as down on Ryan as I think you guys are. I think that he has kind of outlived his storyline. And I it made me mad that it took until like halfway through this season before we really get a back a significant backstory for Yaz. I wish that they'd given us the story of her, you know, her depression and her uh running away from home in the first season or at least early in this season. Mm-hmm. I think you know, her, her development is really long overdue. A of I like all the companions, they... and I, I like Graham so, so much. Bradley well, we, all, we all love Graham. So entertaining. Graham. Graham should have his own show. I think uh, that he should. I think he really should. <laughs> let's make a, yeah, I mean, never mind I mean, Torchwood. Let's he have he a Graham stuff. <laughs> he almost does have his own show. Well, last show. season it was all Graham, so yeah. yeah. So, all um, the time. I do like, and they did this a couple of episodes ago, and I and I applauded them for uh, teaming up Yaz with Graham, and I thought that made a really good dynamic. Um, and once again, I thought it worked. Um, the, the 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 they they play off each other well. If if it, um, if Tosin's going to leave, and we're going to be left with Graham and and Yaz and the Doctor, I think I'm going to be okay with that. I think that actually works pretty well. I don't know how they explain having Ryan and and not Graham or you know one or the yeah. other, but but still, I like the dynamic that they have. They seem to bring like the best out of each other. Um, I and agree. I liked. I I thought like they were entertaining, um, and and actually did something. You know, I mean, they couldn't do. They can't. Unfortunately, they can't do anything like technical, right? So they mm-hmm. can't really help the situation, but because of them uh the survivors made it to the cyber uh carrier right like like that wouldn't have happened if and they would they would be dead if it wasn't for them so um exactly. i did think that they they performed a good service now they woke up all the cyber warriors which was kind of dumb on their part but <laughs> like like we all knew we're like don't <laughs> like everybody is like watching is like don't go in the room and pr- press that button and they're like they go in the room and they're like what's this right, they right. press the button and you're like oh no you just woke them all up yeah well that it was just a horror <laughs> movie exactly. trope don't go down the stairs don't don't well, answer I the phone how was the positive <laughs> individual on that ship not giving up and it was you know it was awesome and then i love how he was flirting yeah that was really cute well kind of i think he was taken aback i think she was flirting but i think he was kind of taken aback like i don't think he's been out of he like he's been off his game for a while like you know but um so i thought that was a good dynamic because we hadn't seen that yet really yeah i liked that too it was, it was like, oh, Graham, you old fox, you. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, think I, Jody's, <laughs> I think Jody's great in this as the third, as the doctor, of course, and then uh, she has moments. But 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I've been, I, I recently uh, had, forgive me for a, a minute. Cause this no is going to make So recently I took it upon myself to watch all uh, 13 seasons, 25 years of uh, the um, Agatha Christie uh, Hercule Poirot series. Right. And there, there, a lot of them are variations of a theme, right. Where, Somebody right in the early on, somebody goes to the, the 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 Belgian detective and says, "I think my life's in danger," and he goes, "Really?" and tell me more. And then you know, they do, and they end up dying, and so he has to solve who murdered them, right? And so you see that once, twice, or whatever, and you're like, "Okay, what?" You know that, but then you see it like play out for you know like 13 seasons every other episode, and you're like, "Man, I am not going to come to this guy if I'm in trouble." <laughs> because Because every time he goes you know he he insists like don't you worry like you know Perot's on the case you're like I will let nothing happen to you nothing is going to happen to you and yet people are dying right and I'm like I'm really getting maybe it's because I'm sensitive to it because I've been watching that but you know now every time Jody says don't you worry. I'm protecting you. Nothing's going to happen. I'm like, Oh, there it is. Like, and sure enough, like that's <laughs> come to pass like a lot yeah. uh, this season. And, you know, like once in a while it's, you know, it's okay, but you keep doing that. And I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't trust this doctor to protect me. Well, I feel like that's happened throughout the whole well, doctor I mean, to era. A point, yes, but I think she's I getting mean, a, every, every sure, doctor has point, been that I think way. she's really getting, and and even to this extent where in this episode, she looks at her companions and like, man, I really made a mistake bringing you like, like you guys are not ready for this at all. I mean, she did try to talk them out of it in the last episode. Yeah. But like, we've seen doctors just leave people like, yeah, that's she, true. she could have done that. Like yeah. she could have yeah. easily done that. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a, th- look, there's a lot in this that I, I kind of, just like like um mm-hmm. I, I can't say i love any of it um although i will say that the cybermen upgrade the cyber warriors all that kind of stuff they they seem less uh like plastic iron man-y than <laughs> a lot of the ones we've gotten in the new season or new series mm-hmm. well they're not well, all shiny not. for one thing True. Um, but even the new shiny ones at the end look more threatening than the ones that you know um that were in uh, mm-hmm. the, the 10th Doctor era. Yeah, oh, I, the, the I, did, I never liked that redesign. The yeah, yeah, I, I agree. cross between the, the creepy yeah. ones from, uh, you know, uh, the 12th Doctor and the shiny, like, uber plastic ones from uh, the 10th Doctor era. So uh, I, I appreciate that. You know, they're kind of, the cyber drones are kind of silly. Oh, the, uh, the floating heads yeah <laughs> yeah because i'm like is there a human head in there like i was like hey, right like, why do you make it look like a head if it's not actually a head yeah 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 bring back the cyber mats that was a little flying, weird. flying cyber mats yes yes i mean you could do a really yeah, cool like, I figured... cyber bat bird thing <laughs> or whatever right right yeah i think that was just they were <laughs> out of money <laughs> Like we have CGI of the heads when I first already. Saw the heads flying and everything. I thought maybe they were like the kind of head that was going after Amy that one time in the Pandora opens that opened up and was trying to get her head in there. I and, uh, I and I thought that. that would have been kind of cool, and you would have seen one of them get captured and then transform it. It would take the body over and transform into a Cyberman. I kind of thought it was a little bit of a callback to, you know, the one that Matt Smith was carrying around in his last story, right? Oh, good old handles. Yeah, handles. handles. Right. Um, But in any case, I mean, and I didn't, look, I didn't mind them. I just thought they were kind of silly, but, you know, I mean, Doctor Who's full of silly stuff like that. So the cyber drones were there. Um, You know, I just, I thought it was, I thought, you know, they were going to fly away and then like go back to their bodies. Like I thought they were going to go connect. Like I thought that would have been kind of interesting. Um, But, uh, you know, we already saw like fingers like float uh, off from a character this season. Like heads would, are just the next step Mm -hmm. up, I guess. Yeah, well, exactly. I did find find it effective. Go ahead, sorry. I did find it effective and creepy when they came upon just the torn apart bodies of Cybermen 
floating in space. Oh, yeah. the ones floating in space? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was effective too. It was like Cyberman Graveyard. Mm-hmm. It was actually pretty creepy. I thought it was actually the cold opening with the Cyberman helmet floating in space. And then it went right into the opening going through its eye and everything. That was pretty fun. I enjoyed that. And I just thought it was, there was a lot of, you know, cool, you know, when they, you heard the things hitting the spaceship. Boom, mm. boom, boom. And you thought, oh, mm-hmm. it must be an asteroid field and everything. And they looked out and it was all Cybermen bodies and everything. That was pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, that was well It done. was definitely, you know, atmospheric all the way through. I just, I don't know if I'm going into the finale that optimistic that Chibnall can pull it off. Oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not there at all. Um, Another thing I liked was, is it Ashad? Is that the the half Ashad? Oh, Ashad. Right. Um, I think he's been one of the best villains for 13 that we've had. Uh, the chemistry that they have when they face off against one another um, is really there. Like, I think, like, even more so than she had with the the do- uh, with the master. Like, I think um, she hasn't had a lot of great villains to Absolutely. really go toe-to-toe with. And, yeah. uh, you know, we had the scene in the last episode, but then in, in this one, you know, there's that, that cyber, uh, sorry, that uh, uh, holographic image of him and so they're kind of having this face off and I'm like, and during that sign that during that scene, I'm like, man, they really work well together. These two. Um, and she really hasn't had an opponent like this. So uh, I do appreciate that. I do like having this kind of leader uh, of the Cybermen who's this rogue. I don't know. There's, there's a lot to like, I just don't understand how he's any different. I mean, I like the fact that she throws his humanity right in his face and he doesn't flinch at all he's mm-hmm. just kind of like this is what's necessary for us to evolve and uh and then is seemingly does that with the cyber warriors on the carrier but we don't it doesn't make any sense the way they do it no yeah, well they don't make no it of clear course not that's what's happening and you don't know what this evolution they're talking about or whatever it's just like yeah, I mean, that's I all. Hope, that's... I hope we get more of that, a little more explanation in the finale. But they're like I, like I've said, there's there's so many things we need to tie up and. Yeah. Yeah, it's not gonna. I, I can tell you right now, it's not. Gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna be tied up in the finale. Like, it, there's gonna be stuff that's gonna leak out into into the next season. Uh, when so we're gonna have to wait in there, whatever it is, year. Do we know for sure there's gonna be a a New Year special again? Yes. Okay. Yes, my understanding is yes. They've true. already yeah. filmed it, and it's a certain it, extermination yeah. pepper pot pictures. <laughs> Not again. Just saying that I'd know. be fine doing without the Daleks for a little while. I know, or, but it's yeah, you know, it's what two years. So, God forbid we go two years without seeing the Daleks. You know, so yeah, it's going to be the New Year's special. So I don't know if it's going to empty out into the New Year's special or I don't think everything is going to be answered next week. I don't want to, I don't want to see, well, I don't want to see There's an awful lot going on. Well, I want something. I, you I know, want some, I want, I want to like a, a I want a re- least... resolution to at least a story. Like I, you know, I don't want it just to hang out like, oh, it's just another chapter. Yeah, I want I want yeah. each storyline to be progressed, if not solved. So I need. I want to the know Cyberman that, story to be over. Cyberman story should be concluded, but I want to learn something more about Doctor Ruth and something more about the Timeless Child and how that ties in. It's funny every time someone says Doctor Ruth, mm-hmm. I think the short Jewish woman. Of course, well, yeah, that's that's, that's why I call her Doctor yes, Ruth. Of course, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we've been calling her Ruth Doctor. Okay. So. Yeah, I've heard Bruce Doctor uh, or yeah. Fugitive Doctor. Just so we just know there's no confusion that this is like about sex education. And then, you know, as if like, okay, so for I'm like, I'm I'm enjoying it to an extent, and there's some things I'm concerned about and everything. And then, you know, you know, Gallifrey shows up at the end in the portal. 
And at this point, I'm like, okay, is it just showing up for her? Or does it like does the portal go different places depending on who approaches it? Actually, or is it always going to ruin Gallifrey? Because that opens up a whole big question. And I uh, horror will say yeah. uh, the master leaps up and then says oh, as if it wasn't bad enough like the first episode of the year yeah. where he goes the season where he goes you know everything you know is a lie no no we have to double down on that because we end with everything you know is about to change forever or whatever and I'm like oh geez like stop overplaying this yeah that was I do not like, oh, I like- master he overplays everything it drives me insane i like him but he's definitely a step backward from i mean i like the actor it's not nothing against him but i don't i don't like the way it's written it and i don't i don't like that it's it's just seems more like Mm -hmm. campy master to me and i you know we've been there done that (laughs) yeah there's a place for campy master but maybe not like you said maybe we've we've gotten past that i do think i think it was implied that the portal is different for everyone you know it's it's an escape to somewhere else but not necessarily i could see yeah, that I think, I think, yeah well i think koshar's like was surprised yeah. when it opened up to gallifrey he's like that's never happened does, i don't know does he actually say that that's never happened he says it about some yeah he says i it's more maybe about kind of the reaction think- of the because I, I did see some speculation from some folks saying that, oh, so all the, the human survivors are the founders of Gallifrey. And I'm like, don't, like, that's dangerous. Do not, don't even joke about that because that is not going to go over well if that's what Chibnall is trying to introduce here. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's a connection, but I think that the timeless child apparently being you know, on Earth, whether he originated there or not, is some sort of link between Earth and Gallifrey. Hopefully this goes goes over better than I'm half human on my mother's side. Oh, oh um, don't go there. Um, <laughs> no, and I, I, yeah. I was reading on a couple different websites earlier today, and some of the speculation and some of the really stupid <laughs> things, and I was like, oh, please don't be true. Please don't be true. You know, someone said, I read this on Reddit and blah, blah, oh, blah, blah. And like, yeah. I deliberately it's, it's didn't. Like, I didn't listen to any other know. podcasts about this episode and, you know, until I didn't want to listen until after I talked to you guys about it. So. Well, of course. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I kind of, well, I did the same thing and I just, you know, I'm just opening like, but the implications because of, you know, because that it's not very clear is dangerous especially for a community that just loves to speculate over every single like little prop and frame right um so you have to be you know you have to be really careful with that sort of thing well one of the things i didn't understand is why didn't the doctor go back to her tardis you know even when well she kept well, saying something she like get back to it her. was so far away but then when they captured the cyber ship it's like, why not just go to the TARDIS? Yeah, it's, the TARDIS is always as inaccessible as it needs to be for plot purposes. Yeah, but it, it just didn't make <laughs> yeah, sense. Exactly. Like, whatever, you know. Type no, there's, there's a lot of, of stuff where Chris is moving pieces and he's forcing pieces to go to certain places that they have to be rather than it's organic. Um, that's what that's what this feels mm-hmm. like a lot too. That he's putting these pla- thing these pieces in places that they have to be there, and he's not really explaining it very well as to why they're there. Um, in a lot of the cases, it doesn't make any sense. I don't think anybody is acting out of you know the, the team TARDIS. I don't think anybody's acting com- particularly out of character. So I will give him mm-hmm. that. It's not like he's rewriting everybody. Ryan doesn't um, even have a character, so it's okay. But Ryan, Ryan is pretty much just, I mean, they leave him behind and they don't even realize it, right? Like, they don't realize until they're on the ship. Like, wait, we don't, we're missing somebody. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. guy. Ryan. What is his name? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and fortunately the doctor shows up and, you know, and then he just disappears on the ship somewhere. We don't really, you know, I don't even think he, yeah, he doesn't add anything. Um, 
As a matter of fact, I don't even remember seeing him after once they land. Well, they they give Ethan more exactly. to do than Ryan, the the yeah, secondary again, character, like, you know, someone who would, who could be an interesting companion. Yeah, absolutely. Liz I mean, uh, I mean, he can he can rewire stuff better than she. Yeah. Oh, and that was awesome. I loved well, it when rewiring the cyber ship and trying to jumpstart. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I used to do this all the time. And he just went, and it was like, yeah, get out of the way. Get out of the way. I know what to do. I've done this since I was four. It's like, oh, wow. So, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, and when we do lose people, because, you know, obviously the Cybermen have to kill somebody, so there's, uh, you know, stakes. Um, it doesn't. It just feels hollow. Like we don't know these people. It's just they don't do a good job explaining them. They spend more time, you know, if they'd spend a little bit more time uh, getting to know those characters instead of this, uh, instead of Brendan, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which we didn't really, you know, you could have started Brendan's story on the top of that cliff as with a cop and and a and a and a guy, and we would we didn't even have to know the rest of it. Like there, it, I don't, I, I doubt it's going to come into play. Like, you know, oh, well, you were a kid and, you know, like you dressed up for your prom. Like, that's not going to come into play at all. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Nope, not at all. Yeah, well, I'm kind of, I'm reserving judgment on that till till we see the second and, half. And, you know, he's not, he's not the cyber leader, right? I mean, he's not, we're not making that connection or we don't, we don't think he is. Well, we don't yeah. know. You don't know. And, you know, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, and that is definitely 20th century Earth that he's in. And so it's just not, it's not like that's Gallup. On Wikipedia, it <laughs> must be true. I, I believe everything I read on the <laughs> internet, Mr. Mike Gordon, as should <laughs> you. If it says it exactly. there, damn it. Then I do think they're, they are making canon. an interesting parallel. And I think that might be what Chibnall's going for is that the Cybermen take humans and they like suppress their humanity, suppress their memories. uh, And so that they can function in the, as, as a Cyberman. Right. Um, I think if, I think, you know, it looks like Brendan might be the cyber leader guy. And if that's true, then that's, you know, that plays out. But if it's not, if it's a, if it's a twist, it's like, oh, you thought he was a Cyberman, but no, he's actually a Time Lord, and the Time Lords are doing the same thing, you know. But I have trouble. One, you know, why would that bother the Master so much? Is what I'm wondering. You know, he's, you know, he's he's crazy. He's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> he's crazy. <laughs> he's kooky crazy. and crazy. <laughs> kooky and yeah. crazy is t- is he's all exactly. together ooky. <laughs> So yeah, it's just uh, yeah, there's it's a lot pretty of crazy. There's questions there, and you know when they were putting the you know, harness on his head, you you know we've got to start over. We you you know forgotten everything. I thought maybe this is all in that guy's the cyber leader or whatever he is his head, and right. this is how he became a cyberman, and this is how he interpreted it. Or something. See, we're we're thinking that 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 that's what I mean. I think there that this episode is implying that he's related to the Cybermen. But I think in the second ep- second episode, we're going to find out. Oh no, he's the timeless child. Like there's a whole. It could go the either one, way. Yep. Like he could either be or or it could be both. The one thing I did see is that someone drew a parallel to like what seems to be done to Brendan. Uh, when they put the device on him and what the 10th doctor, how the 10th doctor was reacting in uh, human nature, family of blood. When, when you see a flashback to him applying the chameleon arch. And of course we have a chameleon arch this season um, already with Ruth. So I, that was definitely Mm -hmm. where my brain went at the end. Huh? Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. But yeah, or it, it could, really could it could be way, option number C. <laughs> yeah, right. Or mm-hmm. it could never be resolved at all. Won't, won't be resolved for another three seasons. Thanks, Chibnall. <laughs> <laughs> right. Even Moffat tied up everything at the end of each I mean, individual season. No, he didn't. No, he did <laughs> okay. not. There's still stuff uh, 
that Heat Moffat did that <laughs> people are going, what? Well, we do know that the next episode is called The Timeless Children, which I think for those people who are on the, on the, are saying that the theory is that this portal, you know, um, leads them to Gallifrey. Uh, to become Gallifreyans or Time Lords or whatever, I think that's where that kind of the title is a key clue as to that theory. But I I submit that you know unless it's handled very well, and Chimel does not have a good track record of this, um, implying that the Gallifreyans are anything but Gallifreyans is going to lead to ruin. Like if they're if they were if they started off as humans, if they have some sort of relationship to the Cybermen, if whatever you know, I think that's going to not go well. Um, I don't trust them to present that in a way that would be uh, acceptable to a lot of people. Well, they still could they still could have been going to Gallifrey but not been Time Lords because there were other there were other Gallifreyans living there. Because you remember in the yeah. Capaldi episode. He went and there were like farmers and, you know, people like that. But I mean, so, I'm not saying that they're I mean, time that, lords. They, they're they're they Gallifreyans. And to suggest that, you know, to make this like connection between Earth and Gallifrey even more like solid, you know, like, oh, well, there's, you know, like Earthlings and humans actually help develop Gallifrey. I mean, I think that's 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 you know and the doctor was raised by humans or something i don't know like i'm just i mean there's a lot of places that could go and i'm just thinking i'm trying to think of one that would be like okay <laughs> you know and uh and you can't come up with one based, so based on the uh but i don't want to like oversell it because if i do think of one that's okay it probably is not going to be the one that chimnel's going to sell it, it well, could be your head cannon i've <laughs> I've looked at 4,235 different endings <laughs> and only one turns oh. out well. <laughs> All right, Dr. Strange. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we have a lot to worry about. And I'm hoping we're going to, you know, be pleased next week. But, you know, I'm also realistic, too. So well, I think I think you know Felicity, you mentioned it uh, too. Like you know, it's one thing to change it up, but for change, just for change's sake. Well, exactly, uh, and that I I don't want them to change all of Doctor Who mythos and everything we've known over the last fifty six years is wrong. It's a lie. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Even though the um, master, the master, yeah, he's such a, he, he's such a reliable. So, yeah. so does the doctor. I'm willing to reserve oh, judgment. I will be very interested to hear what everyone has to say next week. You know what? Let's break a little bit of a rule. Felicity, do you want to come back again next Hell week? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That seems only fair. It does. It does. <laughs> you know, let's just have the same crew next Woo-hoo. week. And so that way we can do you guys want to hold off from rating this until next week? Also, I mean, there's not much yeah, to rate. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, because it's it's so open ended that it's mm-hmm. very hard. Exactly. To and, you know, I think that's what we're going to do this week. So, um, you know, basically, here's hoping that next <laughs> week is is keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> keep your folks. fingers crossed. Um, you know, basically from myself, Mike, Felicity and Mary, thank you guys for listening. Um Basically, we will see you guys next week. If you have any comments and thoughts on this one, please write us at EarthStationWho at ESONetwork.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. But until next week, we will see you all then. Peace. And we're done. Boom. See you later on Cliffhanger. You have been listening to EarthStationWho, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talent from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. 
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.